This is Mark Costa, and you're listening to the Sassholes. After a decade of me bothering KG to let me on, he finally did, and here we are. Welcome, Sassholes. With a combined 100 years of making interesting decisions, Jamie, Justin, KG, myself, Pete are dedicated to helping sales leaders or aspiring sales leaders accelerate revenues with our no-bullshit approach to sales leadership strategies and tactics. Please subscribe to our YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Hey, today our guest is Mark Kozaglow. Mark joined Outreach in 2014 as its first employee. He took the job as a 100% commission contractor with a personal mission of helping more sales professionals win. Before we get to Mark, we got some Patreon love to give out to our business supporters. Unlock key account growth with the Man Farm Smart Software to bring account planning and relationship intelligence into your CRM, making key account management practice data driven, predictable, and scalable. Request a demo now at demandfarm.com. Ask for Iron Man. Hey, KG. What? Do you know uh, Brent Keltner? I've I've heard of that guy. I think he's written some books. Maybe he's been on our show. I don't know. He's got this master class, Grow Revenue Faster by Making the Shift from Product-Driven Selling to Authentic Conversations. How can you not have an authentic uh, conversation? Hey, Winalytics, build the re- revenue organization you want. Request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com. Ask for Brett and say KG sent you. Ask about the master class. We would also like to say, hey, Aaron J and Trent S, thank you for your support. It's a real ego boost. Hey, looking, software developer, manager, 10 years experience, CPON, MSSQL, Angular, React, Azure Cloud, Ask.net, Core, also Node, Jiz, Angular Web Development, email Pete at sassholes.net. Recruiters, I got a hot one for you. Again, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Each subscribe, I'm telling you, is like a magic fairy dust that turns 30 viewers into 3,000. And if you have the means, please support us on patreon.com slash sassholes. Whether it's buying us a beer or helping us prepare you for your budget meeting, it's better we beat you up than your boss. All right, shout outs, KG. Hey, congratulations to Sarah Adler for starting a new position as Senior Director of Customer Success at iSpot.tv. Happy birthday to Melissa Block. Congrats to Andy Wooten for starting a new position as ISO Sales Manager, existing accounts at Zip Recruiter. Eric Ertle, nine years at BD. Elizabeth Burks, new position as Enterprise Relationship Manager, Sales Solutions at LinkedIn. Sarah Chamberlain, starting a new position as Sales Enablement, Content and Technology Manager at Sentinel One. KG, how do you know Mark, man? <laughs> I know Mark. So I tried to send Mark, out to him for like a half a decade until he finally figured helped me figure out how to get a deal in. <laughs> well, you finally you finally did sell. Yes, I'm I'm not sure if we're going to use the name. It's up to you if you want to use the name finally. But um, but you know, Mark, I was thinking about this. You and I, I believe, met at the AAISP Leadership Summit in Chicago, maybe about seven or eight years ago. You, I think you had just started at Outreach or very closely thereafter. You were still in Pennsylvania, I think, at the time. And you and I did a joint presentation on like hiring or scaling scale sales or something like that. Was that it? That was it. That was the first time we met. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we realized, uh, Pete, that we were 
you know, ber- birds of a birds of a feather and uh, and have uh, developed a friendship there thereafter. And yes, finally, the company that I was at uh, chose chose outreach. And you didn't you didn't buy it wasn't a bother. I was happy to help you out because honestly, <laughs> yeah. honestly, we 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 freaking needed it. And we had some forces that were like, nah, we can build it ourselves in Salesforce. I'm like, yeah, but why don't you just buy the shit from Mark? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're doing really, really well now. They're uh, they're a happy customer. I think they just expanded it a month ago ago. So they're they're doing really well. So it's worth the wait. Good, good. Well, so, listen, man. So what, what, what is Outreach? Yeah. Outreach is a sales execution platform. And basically, you know, every sales team is a current level of execution that they're exiting at. And then they have one that is their potential level of execution. They could, if things were going better, if they automated some stuff, they had higher win rates. It's that potential thing. And the difference between the two areas is what we call the sales execution gap. And outreach is meant to close that sales execution gap. This, by the way, I think this is a challenge in the sales acceleration software, you know, business, generally speaking, there's, there's platforms, Mark, that try and do like everything, you know, like HubSpot, HubSpot's got sequences. Well, isn't sequences just like outreach? Oh, okay, great. Well, then I don't need outreach because I got sequences in, you know, in, in, in HubSpot. So where, where does outreach fit within, within like your, your, your tech stack? I think there's three major problems that contribute to this sales execution gap. One is uh, inefficient prospecting. Reps just can't generate enough pipeline in an efficient way. They end up like spraying and praying or like the burnt field thing. And you just, they go through territories, doesn't work. The, the second thing is inconsistent deal management. It's just amazing to me that most companies manage deals through story time. Hey, this person told me, now I'm going to complain about this. And this thing was hard versus like, what do you need to do next? What have you done well? What can you keep doing? And the last thing is inaccurate forecasting. Mm. So if you're not forecasting correctly, then you don't know what you have to go fix because you don't know if you have a gap or not. And if you don't know what to go fix, like good luck trying to hit your number. And so, because uh, we're always going to have gaps, we're always going to have problems. And so to me, that those are the three things that outreach as a platform does. And they span multiple roles. You know, you could say prospecting is kind of SDR and uh, AE land. Uh, you could say that, you know, um, the deal management is growth deals that maybe account managers or CSMs are running and, and retention deals as well as mm-hmm. new logo acquisition deals, right? And then mm-hmm. forecasting is kind of like a company-wide thing. So uh, we sit in the tech stack uh, right on top of your CRM as a system of action, Pete. Like that's yeah. where reps go do the work. And then we push all that data to a system of record, which is typically a CRM, that where you can then parse it out into multiple other areas that you need to, to find use with that data. So then you work with Salesforce, obviously. So there's three major CRM companies in the world, SAP, Microsoft, and Salesforce. And all three of them have looked at all of the platforms like Outreach and all three of them have invested in Outreach. So they're all investors, they're venture arms. Look at him flex, by the way. Did you see him flex there, Pete, by the that. way? It was that. like, yeah, go screw yourself. It means something, right? Doesn't it <laughs> well, mean yeah. feels like it does? I sure hope it means something for your stock options, finally, Mark. Oh, for God's sake. So, 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 Mark, <laughs> I see you did a webinar recently, CRO level strategy, uh, vision to execution. What kind of tips can we give our uh, viewers uh, from that? Listen, I, I think it's, I think, 
being a, an executive as a sales leader is a very interesting spot to be in because you're kind of you're kind of caught between some dependencies like most things but like you're caught am- among these dependencies that really make a difference on how you're doing things and so uh, I think that you know if you're trying to make big strategic change you know like this is like the <laughs> I hate to say it, this is like the most thing is like, what all change have you already got going on? And do you have enough ability to do more? That's like where I would start. Like, first of all, say no, and then figure out and finish out the stuff you're doing before you go say yes and do something else. Because I say this all the time in outreach, like we, we stuff our reps mouths full of stuff and expect them to chew, swallow and digest it. And while they're doing that, we keep stuffing more and eventually like the stuff doesn't fit in the mouth and it never gets to the digestive system. That's like the first thing is like, really gauge what your reps are capable of dealing with. And then let's give them that amount and not way more than that. Cause if you give them a little bit more than they can handle, you only risk a little bit more. If you give them a lot more, they can handle you risk everything and nothing is going to work. Then they're just going to completely ignore you. So that, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned. It's like, we got to do like a temperature check. Can they, are, are they still hungry or are they well-fed and they're, they're chewing a bunch of stuff. Cause if they don't have, a chance to chew it, they're never going to digest it. So Mark, I'm a very eloquent guy. And I've noticed. I, saw, I, I saw something, uh, never confuse uh, eloquence with effectiveness. Uh, <laughs> do, do you know anything about that? Can you can you speak to that, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, so um, I have had a few reps in my life that feel like think that they're Shakespeare on their pitch uh, and they don't get anywhere with it. And I think like that was, uh, that was a funny LinkedIn post I did. And, and I have that happen internally where they can really eloquently talk about their needs and the proposals and everything, but like, it just isn't effective. And I, I just don't like when people get so enamored with how they talk about things versus like, can you actually get something done or not? And so don't confuse getting something done with being able to talk really pretty about it subject and verb <laughs> yeah yeah just be just get get to the point <laughs> go get to the point so so mark what's the sweet spot for for outreach like uh you know what's your ideal customer profile because you know we have companies listens we have we have decision makers that watch the show uh who, who can we help uh what kind of customers can we get for you from the show well it's funny i think um, we've had the pleasure and the challenge of addressing the three segments at once, you know, like, Mm. so we have a very strong SMB machine that really helps SMB. We have a a commercial mid slash mid market machine that works really good. And then we we have an enterprise machine that is building a ton of momentum. And so, um, I think it really aligns with like what your challenges are versus like, I think some people take the opposite approach I wouldn't say, well, companies from two to 100 in the tech, telecom, or internet provider business that have an outside sales motion, that's not really kind of how we work. It's like, Mm. you have initiative to bring in, bring sales teams inside and and make them more digitally capable. We can probably help you no matter where you're at. Do you need to, uh, uh, you know, create stronger sales and marketing alignment? We can 100% help you do that, whether you're SMB or an enterprise. So mm-hmm. um, I think we really like to say, like, again, that going back to that execution gap, if there's an area where you feel like you could be doing better that is related to revenue generation, 
then we can usually have a conversation where we can decide is, is it something that you're having problems with that we can help with or not? You were the first person on board as a, as a contractor. So, you know, hundred percent commission. Uh, how many, how many uh, employees are at the company now? Uh, 1400. 1400. Holy crap. And how so, many when you started? Just the four co-founders and me. Oh uh, my God. So for the people that don't know, okay, you know, the co-founders, they're like, hey, you know what? I we don't have any cash, but we're gonna put you on. You you, you kill what you eat. What were the different levels that you saw? You had the four founders and yourself, and you had this little culture going. And then you got to a certain amount of employees and you saw it change. Then you got to another number of employees yeah. and it changed. What were the levels for you? It's not really the, the levels weren't employees. It was more revenue. So mm. the first one is like the one to the zero to a million. And that's like, can you actually like monetize this thing? And what's funny is, is like, I, when I saw outreach, I thought this is a slam dunk. I went to my wife and said, Hey, I think I can do this. And there's a whole story around that. But like, ultimately I said to Manny, why am I not selling outreach? Cause we were getting to be buddies and I was helping him with some sales coaching and he goes, well, we can't afford you. And I said, well, I'll do hundred percent commission. And he's like, we can afford that. And, <laughs> of course. And I give him a punitive, a punitive commission rate. Right. But uh, it worked out for both of us. And I sold about a million dollars in the first six to seven months. So we blasted through that just because we, you know, we had a bunch of leads, they were coming in, we did, we did, we used outreach to go outreach, we didn't have an inbound funnel at that point, if they didn't go to the website that we weren't getting them, and we yeah. weren't doing any demand gen, it was just me putting a few hundred people into outreach every week, and then that would bring back me a week worth of appointments, and I would just close out the appointments, we had a really easy to use model in the beginning, so I did a, a million bucks basically by myself, yeah, in the first six or seven months. Then after that, we, we got to the next hurdle, which is like the one to 10 million hurdle, which is I, I had to go from me knowing how to sell outreach to me helping other people and to hire and create processes where they could sell outreach. And it wasn't me. Yeah, I was, I was really lucky in that I was able to hire uh, four people uh, that I three of which I'd worked with previously and one of which um uh, I got uh, referred to by a, a very trusted person. Mm-hmm. And um, one of those people is still with me eight years later. One of them just retired two months ago. The other one re- retired about two years ago. And the other one got a job offer after three or four years. That was so good that I told her she had to go. But like every one of those four people was with me until fairly recently. And they knew me. I knew them. And so we knew how to work together and they had high figured out factors. And so they just got it done while yeah. I was kind of building the stuff around them and everything didn't need to be perfect. And they didn't come whining to me because we didn't have, Oh, Mark, I don't have like a sales manual. That's because you, you can figure, you got to figure it out. Right. Like <laughs> got to get some deals done. And they were, they were all really, really good at that. Uh, and so that we, we probably had about nine or 10, maybe 12 reps by the time we got to $10 million. But the first group was that, you know, the core four, let's make it work. We'll figure it out no, no matter what. They were some of my top reps all the way through 10 million. We picked up a few other really great reps along the way to our first dozen or so. And then we got to 10 million and 
by then what we were doing is now we were running a business that needed big deals and needed a systematic process and needed some predictability and figure it out actually became a negative at about 10 million. Cause I don't need you to figure it out anymore. I need you to follow it. Uh, yeah. So, so from 10 to about 50, 60, 70, somewhere around in there, it was just, can we create a process that actually works that somebody can follow that we can hire them on board them and get them to win at a reasonable rate so that they're not an inefficient seller. And we made a lot of mistakes there. I hired a bunch of people from a company in North Carolina and we weren't ready to hire them remotely. And we probably did them a disservice. Uh, they didn't, they weren't, they didn't have enough figure it outness left yet to kind of do it. And so it didn't, you know, didn't work. And so we lost a lot of people that uh, for a while there, but uh, from that 10 to 50 or 60, it was really about like, let's cement in the processes and get people to follow them. And then from, you know, about 50, 60, 70 up to hundred or whatever, it just becomes stress tests. Like how many people can we hire? How fast? And to make sure the processes don't work or don't break. And uh, so that, that's kind of the, the plateaus is one, yeah. can you actually sell it? Two, can you get a a key group of people will figure it out this to help you build what you need to build for the next phase, which is like, now can we get people to follow it and, you know, just crank it up a few levels of scale. So that's good. And then the last one is, is like, what if we throw, you know, 50 or 60 new hires at this thing in a year? Like, is it going to work or not? Right. That's a, that's amazing. Now. So now you have a CRO with Anna, correct? At yeah. what, le- at what level did a CRO get hired? So about three years in, I had Manny, uh, our CEO, took me on a walk and he goes, what do you think about having a boss? And I said, well, you know, if I can learn from them and they, I stay involved in the business, I'm happy to have a boss. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I should have said that or not, but like Manny and I have a very honest relationship. And that's why I said, so he hired me a boss. His name was Matt Millen. And Matt Millen was our de facto CRO. I think he was actually like SVP of something or something, but he was the de facto CRO for probably two or two and a half years. And I learned a ton from Matt about the soft sell, soft skills of sales. He had led sales for Tony Robbins for almost a decade. And just Hmm. like, how do you present yourself? How do you show up on stage? How do you like show up in a call? How do you manage and monitor energy of the team and like, how things are going. And so I learned a ton from Matt around that. And then he was also really good at helping me feel like I was co-creating what we were continuing to do. So he and I, like, we were peas in a pod. When I went to Seattle, I either stay with Manny, Andrew Kinzer is one of the co-founders, or I stay with Matt Millen at their house the whole time I'm there. I, I didn't yeah. stay in a hotel in Seattle until last year. Up until that, huh. I always stay at somebody's house, right? And we would, we worked it out. So that, that maps when I got my first CRO and that was about three years in or so, I want to, I want to guess. And is it, uh, and did your, the CRO handle sales, marketing, customer success in the traditional fashion? Sales, success and, op- and RevOps. And RevOps, marketing. not marketing. Yeah, marketing. Listen, yeah. I, I feel like that CRO title is such a misnomer, by the way, because it's sort of like, put a C in front of it and then they're going to handle stuff. It's like, well, I've led sales my entire career. And now I got marketing and rev ops as well. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hire a VP. Oh, well then why have a C? <laughs> I have no idea, <laughs> but I, I get the, I get the concept there. Br- briefly tell me. So Anna came on when? Anna. So we had a period where we hired somebody that didn't work out. And then Anna came on right after that, which was right before COVID, like the fall okay. before COVID, like maybe 
October, August of yeah. 2018, 2019, whatever. Yeah. Okay, great. And, and she innovated and came up with the uh, Empowering Women in Sales and Leadership Program, right? Right? Yes. Anna, it, and, well, Anna is on a mission to help uh, women in sales, women get into leadership in sales to be a model of someone that's running a humongous revenue organization with multiple departments underneath her at yeah. a super fast, high growing company. And it, but that, that, that is, she's empowered by Manny who overall philosophy is that. So she's given the space, but Anna is a genius, hardest worker I've ever met my entire life. Yeah. And a real advocate for women and pushes me really hard on my splits and my hiring and all that kind of stuff to make sure we represent the market that we serve. And so, yeah, she started that. Um, she started several programs. She helped start some called Gals and Sal's, which started with SDRs. And yeah. now we have a, we have an internal program called Rise, where uh, we identify young females that have ability, not young, females that have ability to lead. And then they go through like a six-month program of how do you present yourself? What's a problem that you'd want to tackle? Let's go tackle it together. So it's kind of helping them get more visibility and practicality and, and a mentorship in that area. So she, she does a lot of stuff like that. That's awesome. So, so Mark, in the growth of the company, did the salespeople that you hired, did they take a hundred percent risk too, or did they, you know, so, so I had to all the risk to get going and then you get a million bucks up to put in the bank to help pay for these new people coming in. Is that, is that how it went? That's exactly right. Yep. I, I had one that took uh, the, uh, the commission plunge, hundred percent commission plunge with me, all the rest I hired, uh, on regular type of sales jobs. Then what did HR come in? Oh, shoot. We got a couple of interesting missteps. I don't know, <laughs> probably a year and a half, two years in maybe. So, Cause you know, fi- I forget what the rules are. You know, once you're under 50 employees, you can get away with a lot. Once you get past 50, it's like, Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> I can't say oh. what, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I can't gently cut Pete's butt any longer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, I think that it was, uh, I don't know if it was for us. So we have a, the person that started our HR department is actually still here. And uh, so she's an OG like me and she never came in and did the HR thing. She just made sure we didn't do anything like out of compliance that we were going to get fined for that was just, Oh, you guys aren't doing W2s? You better do those, right? Or whatever. It's that kind of stuff. When you're running the business, you're not thinking about the those types of things. So she, she wasn't, she's she wasn't and never really has been kind of like the negative. I had that my last job, the the negative uh HR person. I don't I don't we've never really had it here. So what was the progression? I mean, did you get a uh, you know a, a finance guy? Did you get a lawyer? Did you get HR? What's the progression? I think we did a uh, ex. We did a we had this lady started as a contractor and then we hired her. While she was, I bet you, about the time she started, we hired our first CFO who stayed for a couple of years after that. And then we had a a VP of finance, finance, and now we have our 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 current CFO. Um, and then legal, internal legal, we probably got maybe a half a year after that, because we were doing external uh, legal stuff with, uh, with contracts. And actually one of the external contractors is now an outreach employee too. So we must have not beat her too much up. 
Mark, what's the best way for uh, people to learn more about outreach and yourself? They can follow me on LinkedIn. I, I don't do any social media except for LinkedIn. I used to post every day on LinkedIn, but I finally, I got tired of it. And uh, I think there was just, I feel like there's just too much. I think I'm, I might be done with LinkedIn. It's just, too, if I read the same post, like for the 87th time that you rewrote, just so you can get more views, like I'm going to go gonzo. <laughs> so, uh, I, I was, I thought I was posting unique stuff every single time, not retreads. And I just wasn't getting what I wanted out of it. So, but, uh, it was really good for a, a long time. So uh, what's so LinkedIn, good now then? What's that? What's good now? What's good now is me making snarky one or two line posts that hopefully provoke thought. <laughs> On LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. Close out the show with a snarky uh, goodbye. Close out the show with a snarky goodbye. If you ever have to listen to a single podcast, please don't let it be this one. See y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Casa Clau, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, happy to help. Good seeing y'all. <laughs> Good to see you. So Pete. On behalf of Jamie, Justin, KG, myself, Pete, we thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm just telling you, the algorithms really love it when you hit that little bell and subscribe. It'll take 30 people from learning about SAS to 3,000. We'd like to say thanks to our Patreon supporter for supporting our content. It's a real ego boost. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. KG, you know anything about Brent Keltner? He's got a master class. I've heard it's a masterful master class. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you got a challenge for training and enablement stuck in the old product-driven model, the, the even bigger challenge is changing the product-driven mindset. Your solution is Brent Keltner's Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass with sales and marketing expert Brent Keltner. It's a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com. We'd also like to thank Aaron J. and Trent S. Hey, let's not forget about Iron Man. Unlock key account growth with Demand Farm Smart Software to bring account planning and relationship intelligence into your CRM, making key account management practice data-driven, predictable, and scalable. Request a demo now at demandfarm.com. Ask for Iron Man. Hey, recruiters, you're looking for a, uh, a good software manager? We got a good one here. Ten years. I don't know what these acronyms are, but there's a no in there. Check it out. Email Pete at sassholes.net if you're interested. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Cue the non-copyrighted music. Music.